clouds and partly cloudy in New York City, 87 degrees and sunny. From WPFW in Washington and WBAI in New York, I'm Sue Goodwin. Chris Garlock, Ed Smith here on Your Rights at Work. And yeah, you still do have a few rights left. Uh, the National Labor Relations Board, notwithstanding. If you want to know about those rights, give us a call, 202-588-0893. Ed Smith, how the heck are you? How you doing, brother? I'm uh, hanging in there on another hot summer day in July, keeping cool in my air-conditioned house. I <laughs> <laughs> got that right. Hey, listen, we have got a real tree. We have picked up uh, a radio serial, old-fashioned radio serial from the good folks uh, at the San Francisco Mime Troupe. And uh, we're going to do a little promo on that in in just a second once we get that queued up. Uh, In the meantime, we had some interesting uh, developments uh, at D.C. City Council this week. uh, do you want to tell us about the uh, the one uh, regarding the hospital? I know we've been tracking this for sure. seems like quite a while now. Well, there's a number of issues that uh, the budget. Obviously, every year budget is uh, always an interesting debate, and of course, this year has probably been uh, way more hard than anybody uh, would ever anticipate through the COVID nineteen pandemic. Um, but uh, Part of the budget process, there was a legislation uh, put forth by the mayor, uh, and it was accompanied by an agreement that she had worked out with Universal Health Services, uh, who is, they run and operate GW University Hospital, and the plan is to have them uh, operate the new hospital, potential new hospital at um, in the East End uh, on the San Luis campus. Um, so uh, very interesting uh, that she put that in. And what uh, what was troubling, of course, is this leg- legislation was um, passed on first reading. So for those of you who want to take notes on legislative procedure, Chris, if you want to take notes, first reading <laughs> no. of a bill is not the end. So ah, that's right. That's right. First reading. There is a second reading, which is where they give people an opportunity to review the language in the bill and then um, make any further amendments or vote the bill. That will come up on July 21st. And right now, the bill, as proposed by the mayor, does not, um, in our opinion, and many activists' opinion, many uh, residents' opinions uh, uh, um, east of the river, it does not provide the hospital services that are required. Uh, We've talked about this many times in the show before, but just to reiterate, there will only be a level three trauma center so uh, a, a large majority, a, a large swath of the community 
safety that uh, experiences trauma will be able to go to the emergency room, but potentially have to be shipped out um, or transported out to get um, more additional care. There will be a limited um, uh, ICU intensive care unit for babies uh, where they will not be able to perform surgeries. Um, so they'll have to be transported out. There are only 136 beds proposed for the new hospital. Uh, so there's a swath of, um, of uh, services that just are, as we've argued in the past, are just not going to be enough to meet the needs of 150,000 residents east of the river. Uh, so black lives apparently do not matter to uh, their uh, universal uh. health services. And then, of course, on the labor side, there are no protections whatsoever for uh, union rights, uh, aside from what the law says, which is basically that uh, uh, an employer will not discriminate against uh, employees for trying to join a union. But, of course, this company has done just that on numerous occasions. And uh, so we are still fighting for changes to the legislation. We will be uh, working with the council to provide amendments so that uh, there are some workers' rights provisions put in there. And we're hopeful that uh, we can get some language in there to increase the services or at least have a community advisory board uh, once this rolls up so, there, so that hopefully there can be some accountability uh, for universal health services uh, when this hospital will be up and running. And the interesting thing is they're continuing to have United Medical Center operate until this new hospital is built and ready to roll. Uh-huh. But this budget, and it hasn't been touched, it cuts about $7.1 million from last year's budget to United Medical Center. Oh, wow. So that's going to be another fight. So those are, that's kind of the um, short version of uh, what's happened in terms of the East End Hospital part of the budget, which, again, as many of you know, is only a small aspect of this large uh, multi-billion dollar budget. So uh, it often gets lost in the shuffle, these arguments. Absolutely. That's uh my co-host Ed Smith with his uh, putting his hat on as executive director of the DC Nurses Association. Thanks for that update, Ed. Uh, and also a big shout out um, to all of our allies. Uh, there's a big coalition. Ed's part of it. Uh, DC Jobs with Justice, Use United for Justice. Whole bunch of really great folks that have been uh, fighting really hard. Uh, Ed mentioned that whole budget is is very complex, very deep, and I'm sure we'll be digging into it over the next couple of weeks. I know that there was a big uh, a big win. They got $9 million for excluded workers. We've talked about that before. They had wanted, I think, $30 million. So, you know, right. but uh, $9 million fell a bit short of that, but it's still a heck of a lot more than had originally been proposed. And those are workers uh, who are not getting uh, money under other things. We'll talk more about that in just a sec, but I think uh, uh, Brother Nestella has us queued up for a 30-second promo uh, we've got a very special show. We're going to be running these every other uh, week for the next couple of months over the summer. It's going to be a real special uh, treat for our listeners. But let's uh, let's take a listen to this. This is Radio Mime Troop, and welcome to Tales of the Resistance, a summer of original political comedy radio plays by the confusingly named, always radical, and never ever silent San Francisco Mime Troop. Join us for stories in four classic radio styles. Every two weeks, we will be presenting one episode written, directed, and performed by Mime Troop veterans and dealing with the revolutionary issues of the day. All right. 
right. It's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of fun. These are, like you said, uh, four different uh, sort of genres, and and anybody who's just listening to some of those old time radio shows will will recognize the sound right away. And of course, you know, a mime troupe, as we know, <laughs> you know, you always think of a mime troupe is a particular way. But the San Francisco mime troupe definitely not your ordinary mime troupe. Uh, you're going to especially you're going to love this one uh, that we start out with today. We'll have that uh, uh, starting at 125 because it's going to run to about just about 30 minutes. Uh, and then two weeks from now, Ed Smith, uh, the uh, the focus will be on nurses. So you'll definitely want to stay tuned for that in a couple of weeks. And I think I think well, you're going to have to go ahead. Uh, what's funny is when you said the mind group, normally you would think, well, that would be very <laughs> difficult for really to get you would. I know. Well, it's like I say, I would be wrong. Are, you would be. Well, in this particular case, normally uh, and very unusually for, for Ed Smith to be wrong. But in this particular case, uh, the San Francisco Mime Troupe, uh, incredibly political. They do a lot of labor stuff. They are members of SAG-AFTRA, so they're union members. So that's good. Uh, but just a real sort of treat when I when I heard about this uh, from my colleague uh, Steve Zeltzer, who runs the, uh, the San Francisco Labor Fest, which uh, if you are uh happening to be in the san francisco area but actually as it turns out even if you're not uh you can check them out we i'll, I'll dig out the link in just a second but uh just like uh, the dc labor fest had to put uh, our films online a lot of the san francisco labor fest stuff is now online um so i think it's uh sflaborfest.org if i'm not mistaken i'll check that out hey, but let me put my interview hat on and let and let me put you you have you put your guest hat on. When you were just talking about this online and 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 uh, I know that you've uh, done a lot with the Labor Fest over the years and this year I'm sure was incredibly challenging. Oh yeah. Do you think you're going to do you think you're going to uh, incorporate some of the things you did this year in terms of online um, uh, uh, activity in, in in the future when we are able to actually go together and see things? Absolutely. Absolutely. First of all, uh, it is not at all clear when it's going to be safe to go back, right. for example, to uh, movie theaters. Now, the Labor Fest uh, here in D.C., just like in San Francisco, we've got films, we've got music, we've got tours. I mean, it all involves having, you know, big groups of people, um, except for the labor walks. Uh, which are outside, but, uh, you know, a lot of this stuff takes place inside. And honestly, you know, it is, it is not clear that anytime in the next six months or so that we're going to be able to safely do that. So, uh, we are definitely looking at, you know, at least the next six months of planning, uh, to do stuff online. And I'll be honest, Ed, you know, we, we moved, we started the Labor Fest early just because the pandemic was ongoing. We started showing films in mid April online and it was just a huge hit. I mean, partly folks were locked down. They were stuck at home. They were looking, uh, you know, to connect. What we do is we show them on Zoom and it's nice because people can kind of catch up with each other. That was always a, a big part of the Labor Fest. People came for the films or the music. Uh, as you know, you performed at Labor Fest, but they also come to see each other, to hang out, to see yeah. friends, to meet, yeah. meet folks. So Zoom actually enables people to do that. We've definitely got a lot of, you know, frequent flyers, people who show up every week. Uh, but then the other thing was that we were able to have people, we had people across the country and indeed around the world who were able to right. join us who never would have come to DC. So that was, well, that was well. pretty. 
So that's why I was thinking, you know, maybe when all this breaks and we can meet again, maybe some things that you've incorporated, you did as a, as a necessity this time around, maybe some of the things you've learned that you can maybe incorporate in the future when even we are uh, going to be able to touch hands and give each other hugs. Can't wait for that to happen, but you're you're right, Ed. It's it's something that you know, like I say, we're we're just looking short term. You know, how can we help people during the pandemic? And I'll, I'll tell you, in fact, we had planned. We had been doing weekly for about two months, and then we thought over the summer, you know, we'll do maybe once a month, and then we'll relaunch in the fall. And in fact, we reached out. You know, we've got labor film festivals um, in let's see, New York, Rochester, San Francisco. Uh, Santa Cruz, Dublin, and London, and so we were oh, going to work. I know, yeah, we were going to work with all of those folks to relaunch the weekly series. But I just, literally, just before airtime, I just got an email from one of the um, the film distributors that we work with a lot. That has a lot of really good uh, labor films, and they are doing. Uh, they're making a bunch of their films available online for free for the next month or so, and so. I'm like, all right, fine. We're back to weekly screening. <laughs> you know? So I'm literally, I mean, you know, the thing is, uh, if look, if, if folks are going to make uh, great films available for free online and our audience is still there, uh, you know, we're, we're going to have to roll with it, man. I mean, that, that's, that's, yeah. that's just the way it is. Um, so here's the thing. These, I don't have to tell you, Ed Smith, these are unusual times, right? This is not, I mean, I have never seen anything not just in my lifetime, in our parents' lifetime, in our maybe in our grandparents' lifetime with the Great Depression, right? I mean, that that's that's what we're talking about now. Uh, we have millions of people that are out of work. We have millions of people that you know, like you and me, we're working from home. I don't know if we're ever going to get back to our offices. Uh, you know, <laughs> um, this is this is not normal times, but. The cool thing is that folks are, are continuing to organize. You, you look at all the stuff that you guys were doing, um, you know, you didn't normally, you guys are down there at city council filling up the hallways right. and the rooms. Right. And in fact, let me, let me sort of turn this around and put you in the interview seat. What was it like doing, you know, your kind of normal lobbying work online? That had to be a different experience. It, it was. And, uh, you know, like like you said, we're in the moment, so it's kind of hard to think long term. But one of the things, uh, as part of this legislation that we were just talking about at the top of the hour, we organized, DCNA organized, a, um, a, a made sure that people were available to testify uh, through Zoom. We had a number of nurses. We also got community uh, residents, mm. and some of the residents, a lot, some a lot of them are older, and, and we coached them, walked 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 through the process of doing a Zoom uh, testimony. And what was interesting is there was a couple of them that, now, I, I, I don't even want to think <laughs> about how to do this. Then there were a couple that were, like, very much interested in, like, I can do this. Just tell me what I need to do. And uh, we worked with them. And what was nice is we got kudos from several council members about how well organized we were. And we had a kudo from your uh, your new boss, the president of the Metro Labor Council, Deanna Forrester, and we got kudos from her about how well we organized. So it shows you that, you know, there are different spokes on it, as I say. There's different ways to, to get your point across. And this is a good learning experience that maybe in the future, this is an option we can utilize to engage folks 
that may not be able to go to uh, physically go to a meeting um, down down the road. So uh, I was uh, really impressed with how that was done. Um, I have to give my hats off to uh, two people in our office, our staff, uh, Deborah Thomas and Walla Bougay, who did a lot of that work. Um, and uh, it's been challenging, no question about it. We have we have Zoom meetings all the time. Uh, <laughs> I, I know. You know, and 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 they and half the time they don't work right for the first twenty minutes. So you gotta you gotta learn patience. Um, you gotta learn. And the other, but the, one of the nice things is it's tough to cut people off anymore. Like in a regular <laughs> conference call, everybody's cutting everybody off. So I don't know. There there is some um, utility in this, and and hopefully we'll learn some lessons in the in the future about other ways we can use technology to support our cause. Well, to your point, Ed, one of the really cool things, and we saw this with the with the Labor Film Festival, we saw this with our council meetings where we had you know we had a contested election, so that was part of it. But another part of it was like you're saying, we just. We had people that don't, you know, we have our meetings down to 16th and I, you've been there. And there's a lot of people, right. they're just like, I'm not coming downtown. I'm not coming downtown can't on park. a Monday night. Not, I can't park or don't want to park or whatever. You know, and, and hey, look, fair enough. I get it. Um, but, you know, they're perfectly willing to sit there in their house and zoom in. And, you know, a lot of us have had to become, you know, sort of instant zoom experts and, uh, you know, there was a bit of a learning curve, but we're seeing, you know, participation rates across the board are, are up. So, you know, look, we're, we're, we're an adaptable movement. We're an adaptable species. Um, we don't we don't always like change, you know, but but it is what it is. And, you know, we, we can't just sit there and say, no, I'm not going to do it. You know, we're not going to stop lobbying City Hall. We're not going to stop doing the Labor Film Festival. We're not going to stop being active. And one of the things I was really excited about this particular film distributor that reached out was that they have all of these films that, you know, were are about basically looking at the way the world is and how can it change or how is it changing? Maybe stories that you hadn't heard about places that are trying to do things differently. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, people are thinking, you know, look, who would have thought five months ago that we'd be spending the next couple of months, you know, mostly sitting in our houses or, you know, having to go to meetings, you know, uh, by this thing that nobody even knew what it was, you know, Zoom or other platforms like right. that. So if those kinds of massive change are possible, then I was just reading a story and, you know, I'm a mass transit guy. I was just reading a story that cities are now starting to think. You know, maybe we have too much of our city that's given over to cars. Maybe we need to start looking more at mass transit, more at, you know, opening up the sidewalks. You know, these are kind of things that, you know, frankly, were, were, you know, for dreamers before this. All of a sudden, you know, maybe they're they're possible. So it's it's kind of exciting. I was thinking on the music side, I think I've told you this, and I think I've said it on air, is that we've been doing a weekly Facebook uh kind of concert it's a private private uh, facebook event but there's about 150 people mostly family and close friends and we each uh take a 15 minute performance slot and play music i really miss playing live i really uh-huh, miss the uh-huh. visually with the audience but what's nice about this is it does a couple of things it forces me to try to go outside my normal normal comfort zone i try to learn new songs that i haven't played either in 30 years or i've never played and i get to see other performers do the same thing 
And then what I also love about this platform is you get to see the little hearts or comments. Oh, yeah, yeah, reactions. And so you, right, you do get a feedback that way. I mean, obviously the human interaction is, is, is missing a little bit, but in another aspect, it's, it's really heartening. And I know when I've talked to some of these friends and some of these guys I've known for almost 50 years, Wow. A couple of them. Wow. Yeah. And now I see him. And, you know, uh, one guy in particular, he lives up in Massachusetts. I see him maybe once or twice a year. Now I see him every week. So it's kind of, it's, it's, that's, that's a change that's for the better. Very cool. Hey, uh, before we go to our, our radio drama, I did have something. This actually came, you know, we're part of uh, something called the global, or no, this is the, uh, Labor Radio Podcast Network. We've got about 55 different shows. Uh, we all, we meet every week. We talk about different stuff. We share different things. In fact, that's how I found out about this uh, Mind Troop radio special was through Steve Zeltzer uh, from one of the radio shows out in San Francisco. But another one of our network members, which is uh, UCOM Live, uh, sent me this story about this ruling from the uh, the Trump Labor Board that apparently has just given employers permission to search our personal property. So putting your lawyer's hat on, uh, this is not exactly unexpected, but uh, apparently uh, the boss can now search your car, your locker, your personal workspace, uh, track employee activity on company-provided devices, networks, and computer systems. I mean, is Big Brother completely in the house or what? Yeah, there's no doubt Big Brother's in the house. And, and unfortunately, we have, what, uh, two minutes to talk about this. Yeah, sorry. Maybe we, talk about it. <laughs> maybe we should talk about it a little bit more next week, too. But um, the, the case came up because people filed charges saying that these rules um, – violate the National Labor Relations Act provision on interfering with uh, an employee's ability to organize. So, for example, um, if a rule said, I can search your locker to, to look for union brochures, that would get thrown out. But if I can look at your locker for anything that violates company policy or is a law issue, then this board held that it's acceptable. So not only your locker, which has been in the past, you could do that, but you're working from home, your employer can, can if, you, if your employer provides you with any equipment from the employer, that's the employer's right to look at anything. And that's very dangerous. And of course, they will use this to um, us unions organizing campaigns because once i see some campaign literature in your car i can't do anything i can't fire you but man i can out you and i can start scaring you and now i know that chris garlock's an organizer whereas you've been doing it surreptitiously because you have to in order to not get fired so that's a it's a real chill on uh union organizing and a chill on our first uh, our fourth amendment if, if there is such a thing anymore the right to privacy uh, but yeah, this is this case was in a uh, line of cases that's been coming out since last year under the um, NLRB, which of course is now uh, manned and womaned by Trump uh, appointees. 
Right. And I think the main takeaway that, that I got from what I read and also from what you're saying is that a lot of this is really by intimidation and just sort of putting, you know, we people already have to organize, as you say, surreptitiously. So now they can say, oh, you know, I'm looking for drugs or contraband or something that they have, legi- I mean, a quote unquote legitimate right to look for. And oh, oh look, by the way, oh, I see Ed has some uh, union stuff, uh, you know. And like you say, even though they can't legally fire you, first of all, they already do that anyway. They fire folks, they trump up charges uh, to fire you. Um, But now you have to be totally paranoid, you know, that your car could be searched at any time, all kinds of stuff. And it just seems like they're really tough. I mean, legally, they they can't fire you, and they often will, but they could also say, well, you know what, Chris Garlock is uh, leading this campaign, and, you know, Chris Garlock... Here's our problem with Chris Garlock is leading the union campaign, and they legally they can they can talk about you as long as they're not lying. But wow. that's that's the that's the scary thing is that if you've got three or four organizers that have maintained quiet and, and they've built a little campaign, now they can be outed. And once they're outed, let me tell you something, Chris, real quickly. Is years ago I had an organizing campaign. As soon as management found out the name of uh, one person, the campaign was. It was over. Nobody wanted to talk to me from that Mm -hmm. point on. Wow. All right. As you say, we're going to do more on that next week. Uh, So we're going to go ahead and roll with the San Francisco Mime Troop. We'll be back uh, right after that to uh, just talk about it for a sec and uh, go out with credits. But uh, if uh, Mike DeSella can cue that up, check it out, and uh, we'll see you afterwards. This is Radio Mime Troop, and welcome to Tales of the Resistance, a summer of original political comedy radio plays by the confusingly named, always radical, and never ever silent San Francisco Mime Troop. Join us for stories in four classic radio styles, adventure, detective noir, horror, and science fiction. Every two weeks, we will be presenting one episode written, directed, and performed by Mime True veterans and dealing with the revolutionary issues of the day. And now, the San Francisco Mime True presents... If you've got a job that needs to be done, I'm your man. Just give me a call and I'll be there. Just ask... For Jade. But first, this word from our sponsor. Tales of the Resistance is brought to you by Nanacam from Nanacore. Before you get in a jam, get Nanacam. 911, what's your emergency? Yes, hello, operator. I've been burglarized. I'm sorry to hear that, ma'am. What's your address? I live at 227 Sunset Road, and the place is just a mess. I can see here there have been 17 burglaries in your area in the last two months. Oh, my. But can't the police do anything? It's hard for the police to track a criminal without Nanacam. Nanacam? Nanacam is designed to protect senior citizens like yourself who are often targeted for crimes. There's always someone hiding in the bushes or waiting around the corner to catch a defenseless elder unawares. Oh, dear. But even the boldest burglar knows to stop in his tracks when he sees Nanacam. His image will be recorded and sent directly to the police. But how does Nanacam know what to record? Nanacam's patented technology records all the time, whether you're relaxing on the porch or you've fallen on the stairs. Nanacam is ready to go, and it learns to detect through simple facial recognition who's a friendly visitor from down the street and who's an uninvited guest from the inner city. Sounds great! But I'm not so good at computers and things. 
I don't think I'll be able to set it up. No problem. Nanacam is straightforward and simple, no matter your age. You won't even need to call your grandkids for help. I only wish I had got one sooner. It's time for the action-packed adventures of the man who is always ready, Jade for Hire. This week's story, The Mystery of the Missing Worker. Come on, Jade, get your feet off the desk. Oh, Maddie, can't a guy relax? Does relaxing pay? Only spiritually. Well, spirituality doesn't pay the rent, Jade, and feet on the desk is no way to do business. She was leaning into my office. And in that knit dress, her body was like two servants of jello on a hot day. My body is what? You you heard that? Did you say jello? Nope. I thought I was thinking. Well, next time, don't think so loud or report you for harassment. But everyone likes jello, I thought to myself. You're still talking. She looked at me like I was the last clown in the St. Stupid's Day Parade. And I wondered if I was talking out loud or thinking. Oh, I got a new lead for you. Okay, I thought. I'm thinking. But first... She tossed a folder on my desk with the gentle elegance of a cargo plane, air-dropping manure. Look this over. If you want to get paid, you better see what you can do with it. She left with the cool ease of a... You're talking again. Sorry. I looked through the folder. Inside was a resume, a picture, a guy's life. But the pages didn't tell how it ended for him. One day he's sitting behind his desk. The next everything he had or was is gone, like he never existed. Vanished. Like a white suburbanite smile when they see a black guy like me shopping in their local Whole Foods. And nobody seemed to care about it. What was his name? Top of the resume in bold letters. Derek. So the question was, what happened to this Derek that made his life fall apart? I decided to find out. Why? Because my name is Jade. And I had nothing better to do. Last employer on the resume was listed as Jamazon.com, so I decided to hit the streets. Hey there. The cop only stood 5'9", but what he lacked in height, he made up for in neck. Can I help you? Well, I could use a hand destroying the institutional racism of our criminal justice system. Overthrowing the... Did I say that out loud? Yeah. Uh, No, officer. I'm fine. I don't recall seeing you around here before. I work here. This building right here every day. Really? He looked at me the way a hungry wolf looks at a helpless baby duck. Are you the baby duck? Cab, mister? So I grabbed the cab. Hey, you! Where to, mister? The offices of Jamazon.com. Righto. And while we're on the highway, I thought about Jamazon.com. Everybody's heard of Jamazon. One of the biggest companies in and delivers packages to the entire world. And their CEO, Chip Bonzo, the richest, smartest, baldest man in history. And Derek had been there from the start. Employee 14, software engineer, 25 years. And then they cut him off like last Tuesday's liverwurst. I like liverwurst. It's hard to get nowadays. I had to work on this thinking to myself thing. Yes, you do. The building was beige and bland and looked like it was designed by art school androids. Half the sign said Amazon.com and the other half said for lease. I went inside and right away was met with a human penis and a blue polo shirt and khakis. His name tag said, Greg. Can I help you? Well, I am looking for some help establishing a worker's utopia. I I beg your pardon? I'm also looking for information on someone who used to work here. Derek. 
Uh, the name's Greg. Yeah, but I'm looking for Derek. It's on my name tag. I can see that. Uh, we all have name tags. Is there someone else here I could talk to? You're looking for someone? Yes. Uh, then I'm the person to talk to. I'm Greg. I know everything about everyone here. It's my job. Information services. It says so on my name tag. Under my name. So you know everyone who works here? Yes. Can you tell me about Derek? Derek? Derek. Derek? Derek. Derek! Yes. No. Damn. There used to be a Derek here, but that was before my time. How long have you been here? Uh, six months. All of us have been here six months. Uh, that's when they cleared the decks. Cleared the decks? Some of the Borkers had been getting a little out of alignment, as our CEO says. What does he mean? Oh, you know. Talking out of shop, not being part of the team, uh, setting fire to their desks, and not wearing their blue polos. That's why we're downsizing. The boss says it's easier to keep all us chickens safe if we're in a smaller coop. Safe from... He said something so softly I couldn't understand it. What? It's still too soft. Did you say union? Shh! There are eyes and ears and noses everywhere. So, the same old story. Money. Moolah. The long green. The stuff that makes the world go around when you're all out of love. They tried to... Organize. Organize? Don't say that word! This Derek was probably one of the traitors who betrayed the company with talk of, uh... <laughs> His fingers tangled like a ball of indecisive sausages. Did you say solidarity? Don't say that word either! Look, buddy. It's Greg. It's on my name tag. I just want to know if he left anything behind. Something that might help me find him. He left nothing, nothing! Except an empty desk. A cup in the kitchenette, and... And the dream of a better life. A, a more equitable world. A place where workers are respected and... Oh, no! And round the corner came a security guard with a body by General Motors and a head by Micro Machines. What are you talking about? Nothing, nothing, I swear. I'm loyal. Loyal. I have not seen a penis shrivel that fast since Sister Mary Elizabeth walked into the boys' locker room at Our Lady of the Indecent Proposition. It was him. Can I help you? Well, I could use a hand convincing the foot soldiers of fascism that they should fight for the workers rather than for the corporate overlords. Foot soldiers? I'm just looking for the coffee room. That's down the hall. I went down the hall and found the broom closet that served as a staff kitchen, surprising two co-workers whose privileged Caucasianality I interrupted. And seeing my dark face, they squirted out of the tiny room like the mayonnaise when you step on one of those little packages they give you with a sandwich. I scanned the room, and there, on the counter, behind the towering personalized Starbucks tankards, I saw one actual coffee cup. I picked it up. On one side was the company's smirking yellow logo, and on the other side was the name, Derek. Oh, I see you found it. Good. Take it if you want it. I don't want it. We don't want it. No one wants it. Take it before someone else gets hurt. I could see where some rough hands had stretched the neck of his polo shirt, so I decided to leave. I didn't want to get the little penis in more trouble. But as I was getting back in my cab... Hey, mister. Yeah? I do remember something one of the last people from the... Before times said about Derek. I don't think it will get me in any trouble to tell you. I, I don't think so. What is it? It's about his coffee. What about it? He only drank one kind. What was it? Congo Black. Said he wanted to get in touch with his roots. We will return to Jade for Hire after this brief word from our sponsor. 
Are you tired of all the crime in your neighborhood? Can't sleep at night for fear of being robbed, vandalized, or worse? How about the smaller inconveniences? Uneven, narrow sidewalks that make you trip. Loud, rowdy groups of children with no respect. Maybe it's time for an alternative. Maybe it's time for the Palms. The Palms spent your sunset years on a tropical beach. The Palms ease away your fears. It's just within your reach. At the Palms. The Palms is no ordinary nursing home. It feels as spacious as can be. I just love it. Due to recent events, the Palms has undergone a major overhaul, and you can get in on the ground floor. We have 60 years of experience providing quality care and a brand new staff. Best of all, we have plenty of open beds. Usually, there's stiff competition and long waiting lists for nursing homes. Not at the Palms. No, I like the Palms because they keep staff to a minimum. No pesky nurses bothering you at every minute of the day. You get care if you really need it, and you still have a sense of freedom. The Palms has just been equipped with state-of-the-art nanocams. This means staff can keep their distance, and the savings are passed along to you. I'm learning so much about technology. I only ever see my doctor through a screen. The Palms has life enrichment programs, like computer classes. And the food meets nutritional requirements. Oh, wait. <coughs> oh, sounds like there's about to be another open bed at the Palms. Call 1-800-GO-PALMS to book your virtual tour today. The Palms are not liable for loss of family members or infectious disease. All residents and immediate family members of the Palms are required to sign waivers and NDAs, agreeing to never communicate with press, ombudsman, or government officials about conditions or staffing. Don't wait. Call the Palms today. <laughs> and now, back to Jade for Hire. Congo Black. Huh. Same brand I drink. And only one coffee shop in town carries those beans. Welcome to Hilla Beans. What would you like? I'm looking for a guy. Try the bar down the block. Guy used to come in here, ordered special coffee beans. Congo Black. Oh, you mean Derek. You knew him? Nope, but I was the one that made up his order every week. One pound Congo Black every Sunday night. He liked my custom grind. The hair-knitted woman behind the counter was what you might call attractively middle-aged. But to the 30-somethings that crowded the coffee shop, she was probably paleolithic. Oh, I didn't say that out loud, did I? Say what? Nothing. That Derek loved his coffee. Not like this crowd. Between you and me, these kids don't know squat for beans. We could use Coca-Cola and lima beans for all they know. Yeah, can you tell me about... Caffeine and sugar is all they want. Chocolate, minted, caramel, drizzled, pumpkin spice, frappadappadoos. I bet if you ate one of these kids, they'd taste like a honey-baked ham. And don't think I haven't thought about it. Really? Don't tell the manager. About Derek. Never saw him. He came in mornings. I drive for Uber Alice in the mornings. Uber? No, Uber Alice. It's like Uber, only with more discipline and uniforms. About his Sunday order. I ground it for him before I left. But once he lost his job... Yeah? Apparently, he'd just sit there in the corner all day, stop putting change in the tip jar, 
Guess he was getting hard up for money. Bread. Dough. Lettuce. Beans. Beans? It's a coffee shop. We call it beans. Anyway, he stopped coming in a while ago. It's too bad. He sounded like a nice guy. Any idea where he went? Like I said before, try the bar down the block. I stepped outside. The air was full of smoke. <laughs> another night, another uprising. Across the street were two cops in riot gear, and the cheap black armor made them look like bargain basement galactic stormtroopers. Hey, you! I tried to be nonchalant, but I still caught their eye. Can I help you? This was the third time today somebody with a badge had asked me if they could help me. But this time, when I thought how I'd like their help with smashing the police state, I made sure to keep it to myself. Where are you going? That bar. Where are you coming from? That coffee shop. Got all the answers, don't you? Oh, to those questions, yeah. Smart guy, huh? It's better than the alternative. Why, you? Just then, a white woman across the street leaned out of a window in a panic. Help! Help! I don't know what else she said, but I could just make out the words afraid and dark. <coughs> and the two knights in shining plastic ran off to save her. The dark. For all they knew, her refrigerator bulb had blown. But a white lady afraid of anything dark was enough for a rescue. Anyway, it got the cops out of my hair. The bar down the block had a neon sign, the end of the line. And from the looks of the crowd, a lot of people had already reached it. Look, brother. People don't come in here to be remembered. They come in here to forget. About my height, my build. You know how many of you guys come in here every night? His eyes gleamed as he cracked a crooked smile. What do you mean, a crooked smile? Uh-oh. My wife loves my smile. No, I, I didn't mean... What are you, a plastic surgeon? Going around making people feel self-conscious to drum up business? I'm sorry. How would you like it if I said he entered my bar and plopped his big butt on the bar stool like a dead jellyfish? I said I was sorry. Okay. But remember, two can play at that game. About... Derek. I told you, I don't remember names or faces. But sometimes, a few of them talk together in that corner. Them? You know, your kind. Brother. Talked about what? I'm not racist, but it's like your people want things handed to them on a silver platter. Whining about how things used to be better. How two jobs for a couple used to be enough. How the government used to not be a joke. How it used to look out for folks. The social contract. The socialist what? Government of the people, by the people, and for the people. You sound like some kind of red. It's the Gettysburg Address. I don't care whose address it is. This is a great country. Gave me everything I have. When I first came here, Listen. I fought for this country. So did I. And then I was a cop. Twenty years. Okay. And don't look at me like that. I wasn't one of those racist cops you hear about. I'm sure you weren't. I was a good cop. This guy, Derek, he had just lost his job. And that's another thing. You people complaining about jobs. I'm not racist, but there's an honest job for any American willing to work. Hell, two jobs. Three. So, he was talking politics. I told you. And this time I do have a glint in my eye and a crooked smile. You all kind of look alike to me. I looked at him, and I wondered if he'd learned to fear black people after he got to this country, or if it was before he'd ever met one. I can hear you. I know. I stepped out of the bar. A crowd was starting to gather in the street. Another protest. I wondered what it was about this time. 
Police brutality, someone busting a union, corrupt cops or politicians. Power and money, I thought. Power and money. Land of the free. Raise up your fist if you want it to be. Home of the brave. Take to the streets if you are. But I was still no closer to figuring out what happened to Derek than when I started. The guy, like so many people, just trying to live, trying to pay his bills, and to have some dignity. Sure, he sounded like a leftist, but to get dropped out of society like a worn-out shoe. <sighs> I decided to go back to the office. I still didn't have enough to find out why Derek's life fell apart, but I was tired. The sun was going down faster than the stock market when peace breaks out. But when I got to the office, it was like spring cleaning. All my papers were boxed and on the floor. And some other guy was working at my desk. Hey, Maddie, what gives? Time's up, Jade. Time's up? Your weeks. You only get eight weeks, and eight weeks ends today. I just need a little more time. I held Derek's resume up to her. And she took it the way you pick underwear off the clothesline when you realize they still have stains. Time is the one thing you ain't got more of, Derek Jade. And I told you, Derek, you gotta add to your resume. 25 years at Jamazon? Nobody wants to hear that. Jazz it up. Invent some startup or something. This ain't getting you a job anywhere. But my office... It ain't your office, Derek. Corporations pay us to let laid-off workers like you use our space to job hunt. And Jamazon only paid for eight after they let you go. Maddie! Now scram before I call security. So that's it. That's it. Well, in that case... And I left her with all my useless resumes and leads and paperwork. Hey, you can't leave this here. Just watch me, jello lady, I thought to myself. I heard that. Yeah, I'm the guy I was looking for. The guy nobody remembered. Derek Jade, the missing worker. A laid-off software engineer with a head full of numbers and a bank account full of zeros. That's me. I'd given my best years to Jamazon, and they didn't give a damn about me. <laughs> Never had. I stepped out into another night of unemployment. I realized this country saw me the same way the cop across the street was looking at me now. Hey, buddy. And I realized... If the people can't make it with the current system, it's not the people that have to change. It's the system. Can I help you? I could use some help starting a revolution. Uh, what? Cab, mister? Hey! Where to, mister? The name's Derek. Oh, they call me Red. Well, it's nice to meet you, Red. Take me... I don't know. Wait a minute. What? Take me to Jamazon.com. Now they'll be closed. That's okay, I can wait. I got a little unfinished business. Okay. I didn't know where else to go. But I did know I wanted a little payback from the place that dumped me out like last night's coffee. Yesterday's sushi, like... Like last week's liverwurst. I didn't know what I was going to do. But I'd figure that out later. I had time. Because I'm Derek Jade. And I'm not a private detective, but... I got nothing better to do. You said that out loud. I know. Join us next time for the thrilling conclusion of Jade for Hire when Derek Jade says... 
a computer, a bunch of people who don't want to go out to shop, and a convenient little thing called the Internet. It don't sound that dangerous, but when you put them all together, they can spell murder of a union. Jade for Hire is written by Michael Jean Sullivan, directed by Valina Brown. Commercials written by Marie Cartier. Music and lyrics by Daniel Savio. Music produced by Dred Scott. Woodwinds by Dylan Jennings. Audio engineering and sound design by Taylor Gonzalez. This episode of Jade for Hire starred Valina Brown as Maddie, Andre Amaratico as Greg, Lizzie Calagero as Red the Cabbie, Keiko Shimasato Carrero as the barista, Brian Rivera as Primo the Bartender, with additional voices by Marie Cartier, Daniel Savio, and Marissa Ellison, with me, Amos Glick, your announcer, and starring Michael Gene Sullivan as Jade for Hire. And remember, folks, we're always watching over you. Nanocorp and Uncle Sam. Old Uncle Sam. There's nothing more you have to do. Now you've got your Nanocam. Now I've got my Nanocam. Uh... In two weeks, we'll bring you the action-packed first episode of... Paging Nurse Terse, Paging Nurse Terse. Novice Nurse Susie Terse. The rather rude, tell it like it is, nurse with a heart of gold. Hear Nurse Susie battle the forces of for-profit medicine and corporate health care in... The Price of Infection! We are the San Francisco Mind Troop, and for the past 60 years we have been doing political musical comedies for anybody who will listen. The Mime Troop is a worker-run, multi-ethnic, multi-generational collective of activist artists committed to overthrowing capitalism one musical comedy at a time. And one of these days, we will get it right. Each summer, we tour our shows at a price every member of the working class can afford. Free. But with theaters and parks closed, protesters in the streets, tear gas in the air, and what could be America's last election looming on the horizon, the Mime Troop needed to make sure our message of art, activism, and revolution was part of the resistance. And nothing says revolutionary fervor like radio plays. And for those wondering how a radical theater can survive these capitalist times, it's because of you. The Mime Troop doesn't take corporate sponsorship. You'll never see the AT&T or Comcast Mime Troop. How could we show the hypocrisies of capitalism if we were in bed with the capitalists? So instead, we are in bed with you, our fellow workers. Let's snuggle. And after that, you can support the troop by visiting our website, sfmt.org. Also, learn about the upcoming Vimeo release of our 2015 show about police brutality, Freedom Land. In closing, we'd like to play you This Is The Year from the 1989 Mime Troop show, Seeing Double. That show, about a two-state solution between Israel and Palestine, toured the United States, played off Broadway, and finally in East and West Jerusalem. It was a more hopeful time. Now, today, it is a time for revolution. But this is still a beautiful song. Tears of war.
to the San Francisco Arts Commission, SF Grants for the Arts, California Arts Council, USPPP, the Flyshacker Foundation, the Bernard Osher Foundation, the Zellerbach Family Foundation, the Don Stevens and Nicole Bellotti Laugh and Love Fund, and listeners like you. We'll see you next time for more Tales of the Resistance. All right. Welcome back. Where are you, Chris? You're hanging out there or not? Uh, anyway, uh, good to talk to you, uh, audience, and hopefully um, you'll have a good week. Thanks, Mike, for doing the great work as engineer. Always good to see your bearded face. And, uh, Chris, we'll see you when we see you, I guess. No, I'm here. Take care. Be safe. Thanks. Oh, there he is. There yeah, and I forgot to unmute. Classic uh, Zoom situation. Forgot to unmute myself. I hope you enjoyed that. You did Everybody, I, know. <laughs> I did very, very, very funky. All right. Well, two weeks from now we'll have uh, a nurse uh, session, so we'll we'll look forward to that. But listen, hope you guys enjoyed that. Thanks so much, uh, Ed. Thanks so much, Mike Nasella, for your great engineering. Stay tuned here on WPFW eighty nine point three FM. We will be back next week. This is a public service announcement. For WPFW Washington and WBAI New York, I'm Askiya Muhammad. Here are some headlines. In a highly anticipated decision the Supreme Court ruled today, President Donald Trump cannot block a subpoena for his financial records sought by a New York prosecutor. 
The majority rejected the president's claims of absolute immunity from criminal investigative process. The decision is a major legal defeat for Trump, although it is highly unlikely the public will see the president's tax returns or financial records before Election Day, as the case now returns to a lower court. A second case over congressional demands for the president's financial records was also sent back to a lower court. The Supreme Court ruled today that nearly half of Oklahoma falls within an Indian reservation, a decision that could reshape the criminal justice system by preventing state authorities from prosecuting offenses there that involve Native Americans. The 5-4 decision, potentially one of the most consequential legal victories for First Nations people in decades, could have far-reaching implications for the 1.8 million people who live across what is now deemed Indian country by the high court. The lands include much of Tulsa, Oklahoma's second biggest city. The case was steeped in the United States government's long history of brutal removements and brokered treaties with indigenous tribes and grappled with whether lands of the Muskegee Creek Nation had remained a reservation after Oklahoma became a state. Justice Neil Gorsuch, a Westerner who has sided with tribes in previous cases and joined the court's more liberal members, said that Congress had granted the Creek a, a reservation and that the United States needed to abide by its promises. Coronavirus cases are soaring in Tulsa following Trump's indoor rally in the city on June 20th. On Monday, Tulsa County reported a record 261 new cases. Dr. Bruce Dart, the Tulsa Health Department director, linked the cases rise to recent large events in Tulsa. The past two days, we've had um, almost 500 cases, so, and we knew we had we had several large events um, over a little over two weeks ago, which is about right. So I guess we just connect the dots. Trump surrogate Herman Cain, who attended the rally, has tested positive for COVID-19. Trump is planning to hold another large campaign rally this weekend in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, but many top Republicans in the state do not plan to attend. Houston Mayor Sylvester Turner has forced the Republican Texas Party to cancel its upcoming in-person state convention, citing health concerns. This morning in New York City, workers shut down the block of Fifth Avenue, Manhattan, where Trump Tower stands to paint an enormous Black Lives Matter mural. New York City Mayor de Blasio joined the effort. The mural drew a particularly angry reaction from Trump after it was announced late last month. Trump has called it, quote, a symbol of hate that would be denigrating Fifth Avenue, known for high-priced apartment buildings and luxury shoppings. Newly released transcripts of body cam footage reveal an extended account of the moments leading up to George Floyd's murder. The transcripts from cameras worn by former officers Thomas Lane and Alexander King show that Floyd pleaded some 20 times that he couldn't breathe and that one of the officers expressed concern about Floyd's well-being, but was rebuffed by his superior. The transcripts were filed in Minnesota State Court on Wednesday as part of a motion to dismiss 
charges against Lane. Partly cloudy with isolated thunderstorms this afternoon. Currently in Washington, it's partly cloudy and 90. In New York,